Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we got a breaking news Friday night rant from the master of ranting himself. He's in his hometown drinking with his adult brother and adult sister because he's an adult enjoying adult beverages. Andy Maslin, what's up, brother? First of all, I would like to welcome myself to the filibuster freestyle on a Friday night. Andy, how many, this is not a judgment. I just want myself, because I have no idea, there was no pre-show meeting, and the fans to know, are you one beer in? Have you had three beers? What's the mood like over there? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a breakdown. I had a, uh, I had a whiskey to start the night. I had a Bull Run, which is a company out of uh, Oregon. It was uh, an 11-year pick, finished a Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir barrel. Can I make actually, them yeah. the unofficial whiskey of the week? Sure. Um, it was a store pick that um, I got for my brother for his birthday. Quite tasty. Uh, overproof whiskey. Pretty hot. Um, that started the night. Then I had a treehouse because I stopped the treehouse yesterday while I was traveling Western Mass while I was working. So the treehouse brewing, which is like all the rage up in this area. Yes, it Probably is. Most people put it right up there with the Alchemist, you know, with has heavy copper. Very it, good beer. I'm going to put it as overrated, but still put it as very good. Let me ask you uh, this because right. I haven't been there yet. It's in Charlton, Mass, correct? Yes. Charlton, Mass, home of our hometown of our good friend Kristen, the bartender from Bottoms Up back in the 2000 aughts. Um, yes. Now, just to give a shout, shout out to her real quick, but more importantly than that, um, why is it all the rage? And again, I know people love that place. What 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 uh, did you see that makes it all the rage, and, and why do you feel it's overrated? This was not planned, but it's Rant Friday. The spot itself is an awesome spot. It's a little bit in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it was true. But out that area, they've done right. They probably have 50 Adirondack chairs sitting on the grass. They're dog-friendly, and then they have probably a... A covered patio area, kind of outside area with picnic tables for another hundred people. And I think they've done a great job where they have a couple of really good beers, but they've made it so limited. And they have, they have one really good beer, a few, like, good beers, and they've made it so limited. They're not in distribution, so you have to go to the, you have to go to the brewery to get it. Yeah. That they've done that, like, perfect thing where they make just enough so that people need it. And not too much, so they kind of, like, run out of it. But, like I said, very good beer. I'm putting it overrated because people wait in line for two hours for yeah, it. Yeah, that's not – see, mind, that's not my jam. Like, no beer is that good. It's just beer. There's too much good beer for me to waste two hours of my life waiting in line. Well, and more importantly, unless you live in Charlton, Massachusetts, you're spending probably at least another hour getting there and back. Yeah, there's no either way to get there. You know, like – you would know being a local, you can go Stafford Street from Worcester and end up down there. But you should, even from Worcester, you're looking at half an hour to 40 minutes to get to the actual Just to, wait for, just and, to wait for beer for two hours. So why do you do it? Know, why do you do it? Because it's your brother's birthday? If you, uh, if you um, put in navigation, you actually go down the wrong street, and there's a big sign that says the brewery is not this way. And then you have to turn around and kind of the woods, and it's not fun. You know you're... You know your place is not in a good spot when you need a big sign saying this isn't the way to our spot. <laughs> yes, but I will give them I, I will give them credit. On their website, they basically say um, Google the pizza place across the street and get there that way. I just didn't read that far. Um, why did I go? I was out there. I was in Worcester, and then I was out in Springfield. I was up in Greenfield. I was coming back through some of those, like, that area, and I'm like, I wonder where Treehouse is from here. I knew it was in Charlton. I was 10 minutes away. 
it was two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. Yep. The line was only about five to ten minutes. So five to ten minutes, I can wait for a beer. We'll do that, especially if it's usually a two-hour wait. It's like they're giving yes. you your time back. Okay, so and, you have one. Of- I've already arranged people. I posted it on one of my like just beer sites that I'm in in Florida, and people are already offering me crazy money for it if I bring it back. So it's it's going to be worth it. I didn't buy it for that. But hell, if, if people are going to offer me ten bucks for a can, I'll take it when I pay two fifty for it. Yeah, that's that's, um, that's what we call a good markup. To to finish the original question, yeah, um, sorry. And then I had two Bud Lights at the bar closest to my house. I had what they call it ninety nine. I had a Blockbuster Miller Light, Miller Light, which is their tall. And <laughs> then I just had a Bud Light, uh, blo- no, a Miller Light bottle at the Center Cafe in Bill Ricasena. I am over. Ooh, I heard the Boston accent. Yeah, Bill Ricca Center. Wow, that's the center Um, of Bill Ricca for those of you who are in Boston. I am overlooking Bill Ricca Center. I can see the library. I can see the Masonic Hall. I can see the old library, and I can see the older library. I can see all three versions of the library that were in Bill Ricca. Let me get this really straight, really quickly. One, I didn't know Bill Ricca was such a well-read town, but that's good to know. Number two, the fact that they have kept not only the old library but the old old library, despite the fact that nobody really needs books anymore is phenomenal well the old library yes which is considered the old library which is the newest of the buildings is now the senior center of course it is next door to that is the new library which was at one point the city hall and there's like uh you know there's a nice old building with uh, i don't know that cupola cupola on top with like the the north <laughs> mr architecture over here nice call and then to my right, next to the Masonic Hall, is the actual old library, which is the oldest of the building, which is now the Bennett Cultural Center. So only one is actually functioning as a library, but all three buildings that have ever been a library in Billerica are within my sight right now. Well, you are the master of the biblioteca. Donde yes, estas el biblioteca? And you're like all of everywhere. Todos los direcciones. Anyway, I'm speaking Spanish. Which is okay, because we're going to talk a few things today that are very worldly. One, the French Open, next to Spain. Number two, Stanley Cup finals were last night. A lot of guys from Canada and Quebec, French Canada, boom. And then number three, we got to talk to Belmont Stakes because we got a triple crown threat tomorrow afternoon, live from Belmont, from Justify. And you are the lawn and turf sports expert of the filibuster freestyle. You're on location at none of those locations. In your hometown, Bill Ricca, thanks for taking the time, first of all, on the filibuster freestyle. Where do you want to start? Capitals, uh, I, well, French Open, I, horse I, I racing. Go, I can go rapid fire, I can, however you want to do it. All right, let's I'll, go. You know what? I, I'll start in the past. I will start with the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, last night, Ovechkin wins it, Capitals win it, first time in franchise history, first time in his career. You are literally the most decorated hockey pundit on the show. What are your thoughts? What are your hot takes? Well, going in, it was a tough. It was a tough call for me because Coach Ed McColgan, who was the assistant coach of Bill Ricca High, I grew up with his kids. He is a scout for the Capitals and has been for twenty years. Wow. And for the past five years, he's been saying we're going to win the cup this year and I'm going to retire, and it just hasn't happened. <laughs> On the other side is my friend Peter Ward, who I played junior hockey with, uh, played a little bit in college with before he uh, left school, and he's a scout with the Vegas Golden Knights. So I had competing scouts on each time on each team 
I figured that since Peter was in his first year in his our age, you know, 38, 39, and Coach McColgan is over 70, <laughs> I figured Coach McColgan had earned it. So yes. I was rooting for the Capitals. So I'm very happy they won. They were the dominant team in the series. I do not like the fact with all these people complaining that the NHL handed the Golden Knights a good team. You know what handed the Golden Knights a good team? Was people not being able to handle the salary cap. People not being able to develop players. I could go through every roster and show you people that that these other NHL teams protected that got outscored by guys they didn't protect. And that's their fault. That's scouting's problem. That's the GM's problem. That's the coach developing problems. And I probably should have prefaced that because I know not everyone is a great hockey fan. A huge hockey fan here in the um, expansion draft this year. The NHL did set it up for Vegas to succeed. In past years, teams could protect 9 or 10. This year, it was like 7 or 8. I forget the exact digits. But there were a couple more players that you couldn't protect this year. And this was the first year we had a salary uh, cap-driven draft where teams had to protect their salary cap and couldn't let certain had to let certain players go or couldn't let other certain players go because they needed contributors that had low salaries and Vegas did it right. I'm glad they got there. I'm glad they played well. But the Capitals did it. Ovechkin got the monkey off his back. He shouldn't have gotten the MVP. Kuznetsov should have. But that's kind of like, I mean, you're giving the star player the MVP when something like that happens. So I'm not really worried about that. The Caps look great. Their goalie played better than Marc-Andre Fleury. And Ovechkin, the star that he is, T.J. Oshie, the star that he is, and Kuznetsov, the star that he is, showed up in the biggest stage, and they won. So I love it. I love it, too. What, let me ask you this, and I want to get back to the Caps in a minute, but what, what do you, or more, more, more than the Caps, I want to get back to the expansion piece, too, but uh, what do you make of the Game of Thrones-esque theatrics, Cirque du Soleil style of the pregame Vegas like hype, hype process, I'll call it? Loved it for game one, and I just thought it would be very different for game two and game three. Yeah. And it wasn't. I don't think you can hype game two and game three as much as game one. If it was a game seven, maybe I would have understood it. Yeah. But, like, the game one and game two thing were almost exactly the same. Right. Um, I guess it was game five last night. And yeah, it was but a the third game there. Like, yeah, right. Like, they had the night getting, like, knocked down and standing up. But it was like, all right, like, it's the Stanley Cup Finals, but... It's not every game can be that hyped. Oh, totally fair. Totally fair. I, I, I did like it. You know, I, I obviously, the only Knights games I watched all year from beginning to end were these, like, probably the, the Western Finals and then the Finals. And I loved it at first, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, it does get a little old. I bet it's cool when you're in the building. I don't know if NBC needs to show it from now on in full totality. Uh, totality, excuse me. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. Really quickly with the draft, the expansion draft, I agree with everything you said. Do you think, though, and this is not actually a though, but it's more of like an and, this is the first time in my knowledge that the NHL only expanded by one team. Is that correct? As far as I know, because, wait, wait, did Columbus, ex- no, Columbus came in with the Wild, correct? Right, Minnesota Wild. So my point is, not only did they, did they attempt to make it easier for Vegas to be competitive, but the only but per- the only one team was poaching all of the unprotected players. So instead yeah. of getting 50% of them, they got 100% of the one. So again, they need to make a team in Las Vegas competitive. They learn, they learn from the past that if you put a team in Georgia or you put a team in Phoenix or you put a team wherever, they better be good because those people are not lifelong hockey fans. You know, so yeah, 
They did the right I, thing. I, I completely agree. I think the NHL did it right. Like I said, teams like like if you look at the good teams in NHL, yes, they lost guys, but they didn't lose critical pieces. Teams that have been screwing up for years yep. and been mismanaging the team for years lost star players, and that's on them. That's not on Vegas. And I also think you could have put a different GM or a different scouting staff or a different you know, management staff in Vegas, and they wouldn't have ended up nearly as good. Correct. Correct. They did it, they did it right. God bless them. Good for them. Can I give you a hot take? Hot take coming in. Okay. And I mentioned this to Dan O'Brien earlier tonight because he and I were recording something different, but, it, but we touched on the Capitals really quickly. But you know how essentially both NBA teams that are playing in Game 4 right now as I watch it already said they're not going to the White House, and the Eagles, of course, this week – said they basically weren't going to the White House and got disinvited, etc. I find it very ironic that if the Capitals, who are the hometown team of the White House, I find two things ironic. One, they play like a mile down the street from the White House. So if they can't all make it as a team, that's going to be hilarious. But number two, most of the guys on the Capitals on any NHL roster are not Americans. And our president hates people who aren't from America. So... How ironic is it that the one team that is most likely to show up with all their guys are basically going to be like 1% American dudes in the first place? Uh, I'm, I'm going to hit on a couple points. I think it would be awesome. Number two, we all know it's just because Putin is trying to put bugs in the White House and Ovechkin's going to drop them off. Right. And now he's going to know everything that's going on. Well, my favorite part... Three, go ahead, go ahead, sorry. Three, there is a rumor going around that I know to be true that these top NHL players who support Putin publicly, they have credit cards that are paid for by the Russian government. So not only are they making billions and billions of dollars playing hockey, but when they go out for the night and spend 20 grand, they just put it on the Russian card and it's covered by the Russian government. The only reason I know this is fact is I know people that have partied on said card like directly and told me that it was the craziest thing they've ever been involved in while along with all of the like non-hockey playing Russians wearing like Adidas like sweatsuits at all times yes um, and I'm <laughs> going to say this just so I can be consistent and not being called a hypocrite and I don't know why but for some reason when the Bruins went to the White House it was back during the next season like they didn't go over the summer right and Tim Thomas didn't go Barack Obama was in office and um and I said, you know what? It's a team event. You should be going and not making a political statement. So obviously the climate and our politics has changed. And our president, who um, some people would even call a jackass, have put himself in many of these like um, sports situations to inject sports uh, politics into sports. Yes. I still think if you're invited, I don't care who the president is. I don't care how much you hate him. You should go. And if you hate him that much and you hate his policies that much, you should come out and say, I am going so I can speak to President Trump about what's going on and try to make my voice heard. Okay. This is the one chance in my life I will be able to be heard by the president. That's fair. My only my thought process, I want to go come back to Ovechkin, is it's very ironic that a bunch of Canadians and Russians are going to be the ones at the White House. No, number two... That ESPN commercial back in the day when Ovechkin and some other guy were like pretending to be spies for Russia at ESPN is now way, way not funny. And number three, I love that today in Trump's tweet to congratulate the Capitals, he certainly singled out Ovechkin because of course he did because he loves Russia. But number two, he said, 
one of many great things happening in Washington right now. Like he had to make it about him. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I hate it. I have about four minutes left, so we got to okay. get to the other two okay. topics. French Open, Rafa is in the semis, I believe. Um, no, he's in the finals. I'm sorry. He's in the finals against Dominic Team on Sunday. Uh, he's going for his 11th French Open championship. Does he win it? Um, in my in my research, I called up the crack research staff. They helped me out. Yep. There was a big article on ESPN how Dominic Team is the only one who could beat Rafa. So ESPN did a big article on it. Rafa wins, and Rafa runs away with the title. And good chance Gavin Viana wins the women's side. Next. If I don't win, it will be either Simona Halep or Sloane Stephens. Anyway, let's talk horse racing, baby. Three years ago, uh, I was in Belmont with my cousin Andrew Brown. We saw American Pharaoh win the Triple Crown. In 2015. Now we're looking for Justify to pull it off three years later. I've got the odds in front of me, Andy. Uh, do you, Rosso. you think so? I do not think. I think to win the Triple Crown, you have to be a great horse. I think Justify is a very good horse. Yep. I don't think he's a great horse. I think he came to the benefit of um, some of bad conditions and a good jockey in the other two races. Yep. Uh, Belmont, long horse, long run. I don't think he has it in him. Vino Rosso gets it done. Justify. I am even calling Justify not finishing in the top three. He's going to pull back in the back uh, on the back stretch because he's not going to win and he's going to fake an injury because he doesn't have it. Yeah, here's my here's my take on that. I'm going to piggyback on that. Uh, I like you know Bravazo at seven to one and obviously Vino Rosso at eight to one. I think it was. I like Hofberg. My my my, uh, my top two are going to be Hofberg and Vino Rosso. Okay, and the reason I think you're right is because um, in the Preakness, which is the shortest race, and I know the conditions were crummy, and I know he was supposed to be a little bit injured, but Justify was fading. And guess what? The Preakness is the shortest. The Belmont is a monster. It's a mile and a half. Yeah. And running in the mud, those horses just couldn't couldn't get what they needed done. Yeah, I think that, and unfortunately, and, and I'm not going to apologize for this because the damn California Chrome people did it back in 14. It's not Justify's fault or California Chrome's fault or America Farrow's fault that they have to run all three races and the other horses get to choose. It is what it is, and American Pharaoh proved it can still be done. So not not Bravazo or Hofberg or Vino Rosso or Tenfold or any of the course's faults if they win and didn't run the Preakness. But the bottom line is Justify did. It's the longest race. Totally agree. I don't think we're going to see history happen. I agree. I don't think he's a good enough horse long distance. I think he's tired. And I think one of the, one of the two or three we've mentioned probably win. And also um, – I really like the name Free Drop Billy at 30 to 1, but I don't think he's going to finish in the money. You know what? He's going to finish in third. I'm calling it right now. Free, Free Drop, Drop Billy, Billy is going to show. Win, play, show. I love it. All right, Andy. Okay, and the bar I'm at right now is playing uh, Little John 369 from the windows to the walls. We know we all love that song. If you don't love that song, then you were probably not in your teens or 20s in the year 2004. Or at Shabooms. Or at Shabooms in Worcester. All right, brother. Andy, have, have fun night. up there in Massachusetts. Thanks for coming on real quick. Everybody else, check Andy out at The Scruffy Life, at I Am Andy Maz on Twitter. Filibuster Freestyle, we're out of here. See you, Andy. Boom.